0: Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. (laughs) All right. So, yes, and I do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, again, God bless and God bless America. All right. All right. And welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, The Kentucky Guy, and I hope everybody is having an amazing, amazing Saturday morning. Uh, so, yeah, so a lot of things going on in this big, beautiful world of ours. Uh, but today we do have a special guest with us. I'm very honored. Uh, he is the host of the Doctor Digital Podcast, uh, Doctor of Digital Podcast. And he's also a. Uh, author of a novel his name is none other than Mick Smith let's give him a big round yeah all right Mick and how are you doing today sir
1: i am doing fantastic and thank you so much for inviting me on the show i appreciate it
0: yes yes of course and uh well, we're very honored to have you and uh uh Mick if you want to go ahead and uh kind of introduce yourself uh i did mention the podcast and the novel if you want to uh give everybody some background, that would be great.
1: Sure, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Once again, this is Mick Smith from the Doctor of Digital Podcast. It's the only podcast that is for business leaders, CEOs who want to increase their business and grow it through social audio. And as mentioned, I did have a novel that just came out. It's called Burning America in the Best Interest of the Children with the question marks. And so we're going to talk about current events a little bit. This is kind of current. And I thought it might be an appropriate time to do that. So many years in education. So I've been an executive region director, campus dean, professor, published a great deal and did a lot of academic work. But now this is a first, maybe the last, but who knows, first novel that it came out. And it is about current events. And you're right. Tons of things happening in the world today. So I'd like to chat a little bit more about them.
0: Yes, I would. uh uh, very, very interested in your novel. Um, <laughs> it sounds like something that I could possibly uh, sink my teeth into. Uh, if you want to give a little bit of uh, maybe a background on that, that would be fantastic.
1: All right, sure. I appreciate the opportunity. So like a lot of novels, because it is fiction, it's still based on some real events and some real things and what have you. So I thought, you know, after learning about this firsthand, and then also talking with people over the years, it's a very common experience, and it's a very troubling and problematic area. So I thought, I've got a decent story, I'm going to put it together. So if you can indulge me a little bit, I can actually read the blurb. So you got a pretty good idea. And then you can unpack that and ask some questions about it. But it is based on some... Okay, great. So it's based on some things that would happen, and I always tell people with fiction, truth is always stranger than fiction, so the things that don't sound like they could possibly be true, those are the true parts. Paul Theus is a respectable middle-class professor until his peaceful world is shattered as we find out from the first line, no parent prepares for a child to be taken. Beware of strangers and watch out for the big bad wolf, kids are told, but what if a family unit is smoldered from within by a mother? Paul found the note that his wife was leaving for a while, tucked in a book about the John Bonet Ramsey child murder. The Bohemian mother, Anne Theus inflames a threat posed by the idea that it takes the village court to raise a child. Do the courts really act in the best interests of the children? Parents plan for their children's home, school, clothes, food, and happiness. But once the theist's five-year-old daughter is kidnapped, we are barraged by conflict for over three years until the terminal end. Is the terminal ending tragic or the only possible resolution to the conflict? You decide.
0: Uh, You know, that's amazing. That's the border.
1: That's it from the back.
0: Yeah, that's... uh... That's amazing because uh, you you mentioned it's a fiction novel, but it's really true. I mean, they are uh, trying to take the rights away from parents. I see it all the time. Uh, by the way, I'm not a mainstream uh, media guy. I don't watch that, but I do uh, I do follow American First News and uh, so forth. But uh, yeah, so um, I think that really relates a lot to right now what's happening in our country.
1: Well, that's what I would hope to. And I said, you know, I've got this story, so I've kind of sat on it for a while, but I thought, you know, the timing is right because there are so many encroachments upon liberty and upon the children. Because here's the cliche that I always hear, you know, the children are our future. But the reason I put the question mark in the subtitle was because this is what you hear, but it's really asking, is that really the case? Is that really what we're doing? And if you look at Entire educational system, the court system, the custody, all the things that families are struggling with today, not to mention inflation, gas prices, foreign affairs. I mean, all the things that you can put into one basket. Are we really preparing for the children? My hope is that, of course, God bless if you're a kid. Now and the parents are raising their children because I don't know what America is going to look like. So, my mom always says to me, She's 85 years young. She says, Well, this is not the America I grew up in. But I'm saying, Mom, this is not the America I grew up in. And I'm sure people who are younger than me would say the same thing. So, what I'm saying, I guess, is trying to tell a story and look, we've got to do something for the kids in the next generation because we're responsible. The founders of this country sacrifice their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And I always think, well, can I do anything less? No. That's my obligation to the country that I love and the country that I was born into, and I hope to pass it on to children and grandchildren at least halfway decent, at least what I was given, and I appreciate everything that my parents and my grandparents and my forebears gave to me.
0: Yeah, I think we really started to see the true colors uh of our court systems especially our government uh when they started talking about this uh wanting to mandate children on this vaccine uh i think that's really where it started really coming to a head and it woke a lot of people up um but yeah i you know there was a story earlier this week where Everybody's really gone crazy on the left side when when it comes to Roe v.ersus Wade, right? Uh, the overturn of it. Yep. Roe v.ersus Wade, abortion has never been mentioned in our Constitution. It's just not there. Correct. And a lot of people think that uh, you know it automatically makes it illegal. No, it's just giving it back to the state legislation, the state le- legislators. They actually make the policy for the state and you, the people, if you don't like that, you vote them out and put people in there that you do want. So, uh, I, have really seen a sure. lot of true colors, uh, since this came out. I think the Supreme court is, uh, finally doing some good things. I don't agree with them canceling, uh, 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 uh hold in Mexico or giving the uh, FBI the right to do that because, um, I don't know. I, I'm one of those guys, uh mick that uh i think the fbi cia i think they're corrupt i really do i don't know how you feel about that but uh that's just my opinion
1: yes you're hitting some key points there so people were talking about the privacy issue in the roe v wade decision well Yes. Let's first of all start with the Constitution. Is the word abortion in the Constitution? No. So the most ordinary everyday average person can grasp that. And then in order to understand the legal argument for Roe v. Wade, which has been increasingly unpopular over the last 50 years, is the fact that it had to be sort of a patchwork and it's a quilt of well, we're going to take this from the fourth amendment, the 14th, the third, well, I'm not quite sure, but Oh, okay. You have a right to privacy. Well, okay. If we have a right to privacy, I appreciate the point that you made. Well, what do you mean about the mandate? So if I wore a mask and, or I didn't wear a mask, you could tell what my health status was, where was my privacy there. And in terms of privacy, when the parents actually began to see what was being taught to their children, because of the pandemic and they were online, a lot of parents were saying, my goodness, that's what's being taught to my kid. So comparing the two issues, Roe v. Wade has gotten to be at industry. At the time, in 1973, abortion was to be rare and unusual and safe. Not so sure even about the safe part, but it certainly is not rare and it certainly is not unusual. But if that was the idea of Roe v. Wade, Well, then what happened? Something transpired that was completely different in the last 50 years or so. So you have to try to have the constitutional argument and the legal argument. And this is what I see when you talk about things such as the insurrection. Well, you have Chuck Schumer on the steps of the Supreme Court calling out by name, reaping the whirlwind and naming Supreme Court justices. That's actually a violation of federal law. It's on YouTube. Take a look why isn't this guy prosecuted? Then we have people who are showing up at the homes, endangering the children of justices. This is way too much pressure. And this is now third world type politics because people are intimidated. They're afraid, they're fearful. And this is not an American kind of activity. This is what often happens in the third world. I think we got to kind of dial it down and dial it back a little bit. So we find a number of people who are in very responsible positions who are not clamping down on the kind of language that inflames people. So that's why some guy shows up at Supreme Court Justice's house and says, yes, I want to assassinate him. we got to dial it down and dial it back a little bit. Stick to the legal argument. Stick to the rational thought that we all have and stick to the Constitution and see what's there and what's not there. So for a lot of years, the Supreme Court has been something like a super legislature, and those who were appointed as conservative justices would constantly go to the left, and that was very disappointing for people on the conservative side. Now what you're finding is that the Supreme Court is simply saying the people can decide. So if you're pro-abortion, fine go and vote. All those people who talk so much about democracy and say, even though we're not a democracy, we're a constitutional republic, you now get a chance to vote. What's wrong with that? Rather than having seven old white men in 1973 tell you what you should do, now we have a diverse court and the court reversed a decision that was many years ago. Now the states get to decide, and that is the people. That's what the 10th Amendment says. We should be Acclaiming the Supreme Court for allowing us to participate in the political process and maybe revisit the issue of abortion and actually try to understand what it's about and speak about it in a rational manner.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, I think it was wrong when they first done it in 1973. And uh, because when the Constitution was written, it's pretty plain that the hands are into the people, you know, they work for us. And it's supposed to be led by the state. There's not supposed to be this federal control. Um, And I've often said since this ruling came out that if our forefathers for one second thought that the Constitution, which I think is one of the greatest documents ever written, if the Constitution was going to be used for abortion for 50 years, you can guarantee that they would have put an amendment in there, maybe make an abortion illegal everywhere because our forefathers that wrote this constitution, they weren't for separating religion and state. Most of them were believers in a higher power. So yeah, I agree hundred percent with you. Yeah, it's very
1: interesting. To, very interesting to say, this is the old classic argument, you know, is this a, a Christian nation or not? Well, I think you can, Say not necessarily and completely, although you're correct, we did have Jewish presence, but mostly Christians. But what they were saying is this is a country built on the Judeo Christian ethic, at the very least. And that really means the things that were important in a Judeo Christian context. And they certainly would have allowed as much liberty and as many freedoms as possible because it's the notion of federalism. It's the fact that we are not going to have a system that they were having a revolution against, which was a national government led by a king and a queen. But if we start approaching that sort of government, then it goes against what the founders said. They would always go to decentralize on a local level. And at the earlier part of American history, The fact that you had so many churches meant that people would congregate in the largest building usually in a village a town or a city which would be a church and people would be able to debate the issues on a local level and that sort of model has lost out in favor only because we have so much more media now but what the founders had in mind was small communities people gathering together talking about their issues and deciding on a local basis and for most people in the United States, in the early part of our history, that would have been in a church. So, yes, the fact that morality was essential to the founders, you can say that, at the very least, that's what they had in mind. And this is what the founders advocated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, 1871 changed a lot of that, right? The new constitution. So. Uh, it just uh, it amazes me. What 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 is your feelings about when they talk about the deep state, the Bank of London, and, and so forth? Have you ever had a chance to research any of that, or?
1: Yeah, and I think we had made a comment that I said, "Here's what I've seen happen over the years." Okay, when the FBI started, because it was over the famous Lind- Lindbergh baby case, because. New Jersey couldn't really handle it. We had a FBI, and a discussion at that time was, well, isn't this kind of dangerous to have a national police force? And the answer, of course, would be yes. But a highly regulated, highly specialized, highly trained police unit, such as the FBI, did make sense. But it has now gone far beyond whatever was envisioned at that time. And this is unfortunately what happens with bureaucracy. And bureaucracies. So if you looked at the decision that the Supreme Court just handed down, this was the EPA case, what they are saying is we ought to cut back on a little bit of this bureaucratic despotism. People who are in power, have a lot of power, make rules and regulations, and we can't vote for them and we can't vote them out. But this case that the Supreme Court just handed down starts to tell us, well, these bureaucracies that have are now power centers are gotten have gotten too powerful. So like a lot of people, I always thought the FBI, very highly of the FBI and even maybe the CIA, I hope that they had done things that they were supposed to in other countries. But now they start seeing, well, wait a minute, maybe these very powerful entities are power centers and they are corrupt as well, too. And if that's the case, then that's a very dangerous place for a constitutional republic to be in. So cutting back on their power and breaking them up in some ways, and also making sure that bureaucracies are in line with the Constitution, because some have said, we've got now the fourth state, and we've got the three branches, but what about the administrative state? And in some ways, yes, our lives are determined by what goes on in those ABC type of bureaucracies. Rather, than the three branches of government. So I agree. I think the deep state is real. It does exist. And when you see 51 CIA operatives say, this is what President 45 said, and it turns out it's a complete lie, that should tell you something, that there is an entrenched power in the deep state that is completely wrong, and yet no one is strong enough or powerful enough to break up that corruption.
0: Yeah, and... i I personally feel and we've got to take a commercial break here in just a moment but i do i do personally feel that uh that the deep state is is under reckoning and i think that uh i think they're starting to uh be broken up i think the war in ukraine is a huge part of that and we'll get into that because uh boy everybody uh there for a while was thinking ukraine was a great country and it's a tyranny it's not even a uh democracy but anyways uh guys i'm going to take a quick break here uh for our sponsor anchor if you're thinking about doing a podcast or if you already have a podcast and you want to switch to them be sure to check out anchor fm and let's get on and we'll be right back thank you guys so much hey guys have you heard about anchor by spotify It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, You can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today, or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, and welcome back. And yeah, guys, remember that if you're wanting to do a podcast, you can go to Anchor FM on the web, or uh, it's on your iOS or Android device. And that they automatically upload everything for free to every platform you can possibly think of. Also, they now offer uploading on their web base uh, video podcasting to Spotify. Okay, so yeah, as we were talking, i um, here with Mick Smith. Uh, he is the host of Dr. Digital, uh, Dr. of Digital, and uh, also uh, has a uh, new novel out. Uh, he's a constitutionalist, and uh, yeah, so um, a lot of interesting things. Uh, we were talking offline there, uh, and you agree with me that we need to get back to the original Republic Constitution. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely, yes, sir. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So this current administ- administration—I don't know if you've seen this—but since the uh, since we were talking about Roe vs. Wade, they are actually considering, and I—I I don't see how this is going to be legal at all. They, they've overreached so much already. Uh, I call them the fake Biden president. Um. So now they're wanting. In states that are illegalizing abortion since this overturn, they're wanting to take federal property and build abortion clinics on there. Uh, it just amazes mm-hmm. me. There's no way possible that can be legal, correct?
1: That's what I would think. So I can't speak to the legality of it. I'm not an attorney, but what I would say is I think we can turn the page. And this is what I would hope, if anything. Why don't we just approach the issue rather than being so contentious about it. And I would start with the basics. I don't even think that for most people, the average person who has not experienced an abortion knows what abortion is. And if we're going to talk about this issue as Americans, that's where I would start. That is, what is an abortion? Start at the basics. Let's understand what it is. And I think that once we do that and communicate that to the American people, And people understand what this is, that it's not simply a procedure, which is very abstract, but let's actually talk about what it is. And if people understand what it is, then make a rational decision. But this is the the issue because it has been so inflamed. When you're starting to talk about, we're going to then take over federal land and do what we want there. No, I don't think so, because if we keep the concept of federalism, that the people and the states get to decide. It is if the federal government then is again overreaching simply to get its way. So why is it that we are completely at odds with the federal government? If you look at a state like Nevada, for example, something like 85% of the state is actually federal land because there is so much of it that is a part of testing grounds and military, etc. So This is not something that the founders had wanted. And I think we got to push back about that. If you're going to talk about a contentious issue, then fine, have a rational discussion. But I think it really starts with understanding the scientific and the medical part of what abortion is. And then people can make decisions when they go into the voting booth.
0: I agree. Education, educate, educate, educate. Um, Because there's so much disinformation out there. Uh, I've noticed that, um, a lot of people are talking about this overturn. <laughs> um, if, uh, if a female has a medical condition, the state's just going to let her die as long as she has the baby. That's, this is all disinformation. Even your hardest state, I live in the state of Kentucky, and we're probably going to be one of the hardest states on abortion. But even in our bylaws, our trigger laws, there's an exception for females with mm-hmm. uh, health issues. And then they make the argument, what about rape and incest? I've done the research. It's out there. I tell my audience all the time, do your own research. Don't take what I say for, uh, to heart. Do your own research. But uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021, 1%, that's it, 1% of abortions were due to incest or rape. So it's all fabricated. They're making it sound like one percent uh, was actual just people having abortions, which that's not true.
1: Yeah, if you turn the clock back a little bit, some of us are old to remember nineteen old enough to remember nineteen seventy three. See, this was the argument, and that's why I say the original decision was to be safe, rare, and unusual. Because the argument was, well, what about rape? What about incest? What about the endangering the health of the mother? And so a lot of people said, well, yes, all that's pretty reasonable. But when you're correct, when finding the actual statistic for it, we find out, well, no, now abortion is something else. Now it's considered a right. However, if we want to maintain that Roe v. Wade type of thinking, that puts us in A camp that we probably don't want to be associated with, and that is the abortions as they exist in North Korea and China, which have extraordinarily permissive abortion laws. So why is it that we're in that camp? what we should be in the camp of now finding out so much more medical information about a fetus and what goes on at a very early stage, something like the 15 week threshold. Now we have viability that was much, much earlier than ever possible before. So I think this is why I would go back to just say the basics. Let's go through and discuss what abortion is, understanding it firsthand, understanding what has happened. And it's not the unusual to justify a law in the unusual case, but let's talk about most people, most of the time, and then we try to come up with appropriate guidelines and laws that should govern our behavior.
0: So, Something I found interesting in my research is that I think it was 22% of abortion, or females who had abortions in 2021, this is at least their second abortion or more. I mean, come on. Uh, that That's that just, when you get to that point, I mean, it's just murder. It's very scary.
1: And this is where it is where you're, when we're talking about the issue as if it's healthcare, and it's an odd phrase to be using because how can ending a life, and it could be any life, but now we know what this is going to be. This is obviously going to be a human baby, ending of a life. How does that become healthcare? And describing it seems to be a very misleading term or phrase to be attributing to a fetus. What else is a fetus going to result in? Is it going to be a vegetable? Is it going to be a frog? I mean, it's obvious the fetus is going to be a baby, and I think of it you have to talk about it in those terms as sensitive or as uncomfortable as it makes some people, but that's what it is. And for us to really come to grips with the issue, that's what we need to understand. This this is going to be a living being that is a baby.
0: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. It's a human. So, uh, yeah, uh, it just, and you're right. It's an uncomfortable subject for some, um, I've tried, uh, I'm on different, and I'm sure you are too, different social medias and, and, and so forth platforms. And, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of uneducated out there. But I, I will have to say that I've noticed, especially this year, uh, more people are waking up and they're starting to question. And I think that's a very good thing, especially with the current administration we have.
1: And I so think this your- is what... Needs to be grasped. I'm sorry, just to throw in that. So just looking at it over the last 50 years, it's been increasingly objections to Roe v. Wade, because I think a newer and younger generation starts to see that there are some issues with the permissive policies.
0: Right, exactly. So what is your, uh, Mick, what's your thought about uh, 2022? uh the midterm elections what are what are you uh what are you seeing by the way i i, I forget what state you're in i apologize but what are you seeing a, around home
1: well i am in the the land of fruits and nuts i'm in california so yes i see oh, firsthand okay. what can go wrong with the state so well yeah. here's the deal i actually grew up in the back east i grew up in new jersey came to California when it was the land of Ronald Reagan. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. Lots of opportunity. And it was here during a great time. So high school through grad school, I left California when our daughter was born. Swore I'd never come back, but I had an offer. and had some good things because I did come back. But yes, indeed. There is a real underground of people who are against the one state and the one party mentality in California. And there are people who are objecting to what has gone on in California, because here we're living with, well, the forest fires are out of control. We're going to have brownouts. We're not sure we're going to be able to get the food that we need. Gas prices are out of control, inflation's out of control. Well, you know, what does this tell us about the state? It's being poorly run. So you have this almost ideal paradise type place, California but the governance is just so horrible and just so bad. And I think there are people that wake up to it. If you go to certain areas of California, the power centers, that's who's controlling California. So I had been in the Silicon Valley for quite some time, and I used to point to the hills just to the east of the Silicon Valley, and I would tell people, yes, over there is America, because the Silicon Valley is not America. There's trash everywhere, homeless everywhere, it's obviously out of control. It looks like a third world country. I'm sure the people that are coming from overseas, China and India, look at this and they like, well, this is just like they left. So what's wrong? But I do think there is kind of a pushback. I think there is some things that are and people are waking up. For example, the San Francisco DA, who faced recall and was recalled back. This is in San Francisco, obviously a very liberal, very progressive area. And yet people are starting to realize that there is a bit of out of control character of California, especially those places that are too far left.
0: So I'm so glad that you're from California. I didn't realize this. <laughs> so, so you're a Californian. So what is your thoughts about Miss Pelosi?
1: Well, it's very interesting. I'd go because thinking of the religious nature and religious character of people. So you can also say that about the person who's temporarily living in the White House as well. Here's the interesting thing, that these are people who are profess to be Roman Catholics, and yet they take positions that are direct contradictory to what Roman Catholic doctrine and teaching are. So it's the only way that politicians seem to get famous or get well known and elected is to go counter to what they're really supposed to be believing in or at least claim to this is the only religion that that occurs so for example you would never ask someone who is an adherent of another religion hinduism buddhism islam or what have you to take public office and take positions that are directly contradictory to their religious beliefs but yes this is what apparently has been taking place with Pelosi and that temporary resident in the White House as well. So if you're going to profess to be something, why not be what you claim to be and let the chips fall where they may? They don't. I I personally think, if anything, a positive note was the, the local pastor, the local bishop also denied Pelosi communion, which is like, finally, it takes a some time to to catch up and get up to speed but yes that's probably the correct action because she is violating the teachings of her church
0: yeah i think uh she's going to go down as one of the as one of the worst not just speaker of the whole house but uh one of the worst congresswomen uh there ever was this this lady she is not America first. She is not about the constitution. She's got this agenda, her and AOC and the, and like you said, the resident in the white house, uh, they've got this agenda and who cares, who cares what, how the American people suffer until they get there. And I think people are starting to realize, I don't think she's going to be there much longer. I, I mean, are any of the locals talking about like the upcoming elections or?
1: Well, yes, that's what I mean about this underground. So California is, is the land of fruits and nuts. Everybody thinks if I say I'm from California, cause I'm not a California, but I'm in California, there's a difference. We'll, we'll say a little bit of sympathy. Oh, you're in California. Yes. But, There are the pickup trucks that have American flags and don't tread on me and let's go Brandon and they are here and there's a high presence because there's a lot of military bases. I'm in Southern California in the San Diego area, a lot of military bases. So with American flags here, I think there is a number of patriots here, but they're underground and they may be the minority, but they're not quite so underground that they can't express themselves. They're definitely here. And when you look at some of the positive developments, speaking of the midterm elections, yes, things are going to change. I would be more wary of what the tactics are going to be employed because now we start finding out okay, now we're supposed to have a monkeypox thing that comes around. And oh, yes, we're going to order a bunch of vaccines for monkeypox. And oh, it just happens to be in time for the upcoming election. So I'm wary about what sort of things went on because there are obviously a lot of shenanigans that went around in 2020. If you've seen the movie 2000 Mules, which nobody wants to discuss about, at least in the mass media and general media. But yes, there's enough issues, enough problems, but we should know this. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, as Lord Acton said. And if you have a one-party state such as California or you've got one area that is dominated by one power group, then corruption is going to come. It's inevitable. So I used to be outside of Philadelphia and actually taught in urban areas in Philadelphia. And I was teaching AP government to high school students. I thought, what a great opportunity. Let's go down and see what the ballot box is like because they were having elections. So I took my students down there and I asked the guy, Said, well, how many in this precinct? Because it was the precinct headquarters and the polling booth. How many Democrats do you have in this area? And the guy looks at his sheet and he says, there's something like 2,487. And I said, okay, you know, just for the basis of comparison, how many Republicans in this district? He looks at his sheet and he says, 13. So when you find an overwhelming number. In one party, there's a problem because there aren't enough people to watch what's going on. And the only way you can have a healthy republic and a healthy democracy or democratic processes is to have a two-party state. It makes America stronger. So, as an advocate of neither party, if the Republicans are in control, there's a problem. You need Democrats. If the Democrats are in control, there's a problem. You need Republicans. And if I had my druthers, I would say we we should have a third party and a strong one. In American political history, this is what has happened over the years. So in 1860, for example, we had four parties who could be strong enough to get electoral votes and a significant number of votes. It also happened in 1898. So we had also with the Spanish-American War, and just before that 1896 election, you had the progressive parties that were starting to arise. 1912, you had a third party. Teddy Roosevelt had the Bull Moose Party. 1948, a socialist came into the scene. So you find that in these key battles that are a crux of issues, 1968 is another one. We had a a challenge from a third party in the 90s, Ross Perot two times when Clinton won. What we don't have, and this is what's very different, we don't have a third party who starts to be seen as an alternative and the two main parties start to realize they need to clean up their act and incorporate those policies into their party platform. So we're getting something along those lines with 45 with Trump, but it didn't form a completely different party. It just goes back to what's going on internally within the Republican Party. So you have the sort of the Trumpist wing and then you have the rhinos and everybody else. So it's, it's an interesting election because what's coming up in this year in November will be very interesting on a number of levels to see what people are finding out and waking up to or do the power centers take back control? So I think it's going to be very interesting. What should typically happen, just like in 2008 after Obama won, then he got slaughtered in the 2010 elections, then even though he won re-election in 2012, he was losing a lot of seats in Congress, in states, governor races, etc. And so at the time when I was teaching college university level, I would tell people during the eight years of the obama administration the best friend of the republicans was who barack obama because he was doing devastating work for the democratic party because as people started to see that his programs and policies were not working they started working against him and voting Republican. And I think we're seeing that with the current resident in the White House now. This is now essentially the third term of Barack Obama. The staff and the people who are in the White House are really Obama holdovers and people that were brought back in. So yes, what we're essentially seeing is the third term of Barack Obama. And I think people are saying, you know what, we really don't like it. So I expect that things are going to be a Big change in November.
0: You're, you're spot on. I, I've said that this is Obama's third term. You're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, and yeah, just like the Tea Party, there used to be a, a third party called, they called themselves the Tea Party. And uh, mm-hmm. they just couldn't make any headway. But you do have, in, in a sense, if you think about it, three parties right now, like you mentioned you have the Democrat, you have the Republican, and then you have what I call a mega party. Uh, And that's American first candidates. And if they hold up like it's like I've seen so far in these primaries, um, I think we're going to see some amazing changes uh, in November. I, I really do.
1: Yes, there's a there's a number of issues that have really hit home. So if you look and see what had happened in Virginia, for example, a complete turnaround. Their equivalent of Congress is the House of Burgesses and the side that really took a number of seats, something like 40 seats, complete turnaround, took a new attorney general, new lieutenant governor, former Marine and governor. And it's really because of the school issue. Ordinary parents started showing up at school boards. Attorney general calls them domestic terrorists. Terrorists, obviously they are not. They're just concerned parents, but a complete turnaround. Virginia was at one time a very conservative state then it seemed to go left but now I'm starting to see well here's maybe the first shot across the bow that in fact parents have awakened have awoken themselves and they're now very active I think when you're looking at the kitchen table issues gas food inflation what have you people are motivated by that if your economy is strong Generally, the party in power will benefit from it, whether they're, it's attributed to them or not, uh, whether they're responsible for it or not, they get the glory of it. And when the economy is down, generally the people are saying, look, at some level, we understand something is wrong. And definitely with the Democratic Party in power in so many places, who's going to get the blame? Obviously, the Democrats, and they seem to be unable to do much about it, either unaware or unable but when you think about, as I mentioned briefly, about issues such as re- Ukraine, I mean, I th- I have to say something about this because I found, I go to the grocery store and it says, do you want to donate to Ukraine? How does this happen virtually overnight that the entire country now says Ukraine is so essential? Number one, it is not essential to our national security interest. And number two, spending so much money there is certainly not helpful for the American economy. So what are we doing there? And it's almost a rhetorical question. The news media doesn't seem to be interested in these kinds of questions. However, if we are spending so much money, we spent more money in the last six months in Ukraine than we did in all of the infrastructure and every single road, airport terminal, train terminal in the United States of America. There's something seriously wrong with that why are we spending so much money and when we get into issues such as the deep state and the rogue money that's been flying around to the biden family and others and into washington dc yes why are why isn't this not being investigated why isn't this a issue that should be talked about on every news show what is the connection between dc and ukraine Why is it that the American public now are supposed to immediately have more sympathy for Ukraine and Ukraine's borders when here I am in Southern California, in fact, in San Diego, and you have a virtually wide open border, not 15, 20 miles from me, where fentanyl is being imported across the border every single day? There was an issue recently where these two illegals were arrested. And they had enough fentanyl with them, apparently to kill millions. And that's with an M. Millions of people. They were released. How does this happen? Why are these people not being prosecuted? When the ordinary average person sees and hears these things, they are appalled and rightfully so. So big changes in November gives people an opportunity to weigh in on the events of the day, whether it's Roe v. Wade, whether it's Ukraine, the kitchen table issues. Now's your Chance, folks, you know, stand up and be heard and go into the voting booth and vote your conscience. That's how I would see it.
0: Yep. My my advice has been to the audience um, for a long time now, It's it's us. It's you and me who's ever listening. Nobody's going to sweep in like a superhero and change this. We've got to get out. We've got to do our own research and we've got to get out and vote and vote our conscience, like you mentioned. And we need to look for people that are going to put us first and get back to the Republic, uh, is why I love this country so much. Um, this is not the country, as you mentioned earlier, this is not the country I remember growing up. Uh, you know, my daughter, thankfully not at all. Uh, she's in college, she's in college now, but if she was in, uh, high school or elementary school, I'd withdraw right away. Uh, you know i've just I really just became awake in the last three years, and I would withdraw her and homeschool her so quick it, it just uh it's just amazing but real quick uh, what any predictions for 2024? who who maybe the candidate might be?
1: Well, I think here's what's interesting it's if you look at this a sports analogy, the Republicans actually have a deep bench. The Democrats have no one. So whether 45 is going to come back, yes or no, I don't know. He certainly is a player. There's no question about it. And it's been an amazing record of the candidates that he has supported, and they've won. So it's a pretty incredible record. He is a power broker. So, yes, it's just it's unbelievable because... As many as I've heard the pundits talk about, well, you didn't win every race. Well, look, if you were in a sports team and you had a record like that, that would be phenomenal. So he does have his pulse on the heartbeat of the American people. He certainly is a kingmaker in so many ways, not every single race, but certainly enough. So there's a strong support for him, and again, I have to look at it, another person who I believe is the real deal. DeSantis in Florida is doing a phenomenal job Love so him. whether there's a Trump DeSantis DeSantis Trump I you know I don't really care It doesn't really matter. I think they're both a the real deal. They speak their mind, they're very clear for America first. you know that phrase that you've used and I believe in wholeheartedly. I also now have recently come across Kerry Lake in Arizona. I've got some connection to Arizona. My mom lives there. God rest his soul. My dad lived there for a long time as well. She's also very real. She is a real fighter. And I'm starting to think, you know, well, there's another possibility. And this is what I mean by a deep bench. There's three names there that could be very easily nationally known or very credible. And those are anyone I think would be good enough to support. And that's what's unusual, because a lot of times the party out of power is fighting and scrambling among themselves. The only real question is, will the rhino Republicans and the traditional Republicans get on board? I mean, going back to the Roe v. Wade issue is really good in some ways, because if we can make a sort of joke with Obama's third term, well, look, despite what happened and the shenanigans that went on in 2000 in some ways this is the second term of donald trump because who appointed those supreme court justices it was an unbelievable ability to put three justices in and you got to give trump credit for that that's what got roe v wade overturned his and he said he was going to do it he he did he exactly did and he the fact that he accomplished so much which is why uh i just think it if you read a really good book on him, it's a case for Trump by a very phenomenal historian, Victor Davis Hansen, who's actually an ancient historian, writes on current events these days. He calls him the tragic hero. And there is a real strong case to be made for that because the ancient Greeks had this notion, whoever was the hero was deeply flawed, but... That's the tragedy part. In many ways, I believe this is what happened with Trump. Lots of opposition. People hated his guts. No cooperation. And yet, he accomplished all kinds of things. I would ask people, if you don't like Donald Trump and the nasty tweets that he sent out, well, what's wrong with peace and prosperity? That's what we had for four years. If you look at what Putin didn't do during the administration of Bush, we had Putin in Georgia. The administration of Obama, we had Putin in Syria. With the current resident of the White House, we obviously have Ukraine. So of the last four administrations, when was Putin really set back on his heels and did absolutely nothing? That was the administration, the four years of Donald Trump. That's yeah, his exactly. success. He quieted quieted Iran, quieted North Korea, quieted Putin, decimated ISIS, got an emergency clearance during COVID. There are things that are pretty remarkable for the case of so many people against him and not liking what he has to say. So here's an analogy I heard. If I remember the person, I would give him credit. I don't remember. But when it comes to Donald Trump and his personality, the analogy would be something like you pull up in your house one day, and you go into your basement, and there's all kinds of junk and crap in your basement. Okay, the guy shows up, he's cussing like a trooper, you see his butt crack, you see all kinds of problems, he may not have the best language, he may not be the cleanest guy, but you know what? He cleans up your basement. Are you happy that that guy showed up? I'd say yes. And to me, that was the achievement of Donald Trump rough around the edges, but the thing is he got the job done and he cleaned up what you wanted cleaned up, and that's a terrific thing to have happen.
0: Yep, I agree, uh, and I've often said on this program and others, when it all comes out in the end, uh, he will go down as one of the greatest presidents. He he will. It, it'll come out. A lot of his accomplishments have just the American people just don't know. They don't. They're just. They're starting to figure it out. But when everything comes out on what he actually did and what he's done behind the scenes, even now, I think he'll go down as one of the greatest ever.
1: He's certainly a phenomenon. So if he comes back for a second term, in terms of historic analysis and looking back, it would probably seal him as one of those preeminent American presidents, but it's very difficult to see a one-term president because unfortunately what people will be told historically is that he was unpopular and that's why he didn't get reelected. However, if he comes back to be reelected or if he is a strong supporter of the winning candidate, then I think he does have that, that shot because if he could do what he did in the four years that he had, according to the studies and news reports, something like 92% of the, stories about him were untrue and negative well if he could accomplish what he did and he had even somewhat of a positive image in the news media then people would begin to appreciate more of what he was able to accomplish
0: yeah i agree and he has to um i i mean i think there's so many people like a million uh democrats have switched over to republicans this year Mm -hmm. i think i heard and uh (laughs) <laughs> Here's the thing, people are realizing Joe Biden didn't get 80 million votes. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, he wasn't more popular. He isn't more popular than Obama. And uh you know, you mentioned 2000 Mules, which is a great documentary. If anybody's uh, listening that hasn't watched it yet, you need to. It's definitely worth the time and the the 20 bucks or whatever. Um it's great, and if you've if you've had a chance to watch Mike Lindell's documentary, this is all mm-hmm. proof and scientific things. There there are things happen, and, and you know we speak openly on this program. The election was stolen, is my opinion, and I I'll have to believe that until I see solid evidence that proves me wrong. And I think a lot of Americans yes, are starting to wake up to that- it.
1: It should not be able to pass the smell test, as they said, right? Because for a long time, the mainstream media told us how popular Barack Obama was, right? He was almost the messiah. He was phenomenal. He was fantastic. Everything is great about him. And Joe Biden was the also-ran. He was just simply the vice president, and no one thought much of him. Well, then all of a sudden in 2020, then we're told, oh, no, 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 wait. It, Obama is not the most popular person in america it's actually joe biden well wait a minute weren't you just telling us obama is so popular and yet we're supposed to believe that biden got millions and millions more votes than obama did and he had his campaign from the basement something which hadn't been done since calvin coolidge coolidge was famous because he didn't campaign he sat on his porch and he waited for people and reporters to come to him well, that hasn't been done in modern political presidential history in campaigning. That's simply not the way it's done. And yet, we're supposed to believe that he got millions and millions of more votes. Donald Trump was the only person in presidential history who got more votes to be reelected than ever. Again, it doesn't pass the smell test because generally, If we have a second-term president who wins the second term, their vote goes down. This happened with Obama. It happened with Bush. It happened with Clinton. And that's been the pattern. Then all of a sudden, Trump comes along and he actually gets millions of more votes. And then we're supposed to be told and believe, oh, no, wait, he lost. (laughs) Something is wrong with that. But then again, I'd go back to just hard scientific data 2,000 mules. And also what's very interesting is the fact that the mainstream media will not discuss this at all. If you, I mentioned Carrie Lake, there's a great interview that Carrie Lake did with Brett Baer on Fox news. And it's phenomenal that she said, you really need to send people to Arizona to see the kind of voter problems that we are having. We don't have the voter integrity. And she discussed 2,000 mules. Brett Bear's face almost went completely red. He didn't know what to say. He kept interrupting her, and he was very uncomfortable. It tells me a lot, the fact that no one is taking that movie seriously. And if it's got hard data, you can take the information that we got from the January 6th trespassing in which they use cell phone data and video cameras. It's essentially the same technology that was used in 2000 Mules. So doesn't pass the smell test. How come you can prosecute people for trespassing on January 6th, and yet you can have 2,000 mules and use the same technology, and yet we're supposed to believe that it's not true? No, it is true, and they show the evidence. So True the Vote has done a, a real stellar job of being able to have the hard data and the science behind what actually happened in the 2020 election.
0: Yeah, I actually follow him on several, pl- uh, platforms. Uh, he did an amazing job and, um, I still, I still have to believe something's going to come out of that movie, but, um, or that documentary, uh, I, I just, I just can't think that it's over. I know Ben Shapiro had some questions on it, uh, but they've all been answered. So, uh, so it'll be interesting. But one last, one last question, uh, and then, uh, We'll, yes, sir. Uh, we'll end this for the day. What do you think the possibility is of maybe number 45 becoming Speaker of the House?
1: Well, it is one of those things that crossed my mind. And yes, here's the deal on that. Yes, the Constitution does not specify that you have to be in the House of Representatives as a member. They can elect anyone that they would like. And it would be a very interesting scenario if he did come as speaker because even though the speaker is ordinarily seen as the third most important person in the american government it's trump and it's his personality and it's his character so even though he had he would be a former president who is now somewhat demoted to be only speaker of the house it's still donald trump and donald trump as a speaker would still be such a fascinating person to be in that position. So it rarely happens, but John Quincy Adams, of course, sat in Congress after being a president. It has happened before, but it's also his character and his personality that would be phenomenal there. It would be phenomenal for television. It would be great television. He would be able to do a lot of the investigations. He would lot be able to push for a lot of research and answer a lot of questions that we would have. So I think it's a very interesting possibility. And impeachments, yes, because the House would start the impeachments, and it's pretty despicable what happened to him. Trumped up charges, no pun intended, twice, overusing the impeachment clause in the Constitution, and it was simply used for political purposes. If Trump was the Speaker of the House he actually could do something but in a positive way and we would get answers for what the fbi has been up to what the cia has been up to what's barack obama's role in the current administration who's actually running the government because we know that a person who's falling down from their bike and falling down airplane steps and looks like a day's deer in the headlight look most of the time there's something wrong here and I think we'd be able to get some answers for that. So it's a very intriguing possibility. So do I wish it would happen? Yeah. Kind of wish I would. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. I, w- I would, l- I would like to see it happen too. I'd definitely rather see him than McCarthy. Um, and I would think that he would have a true January 6th committee, uh, investigation rather than the show, uh, <laughs> with Liz Cheney, they have going on now. Uh, which continues to show up as uh, even their testimonies are, are lies. Like this uh, Hutchinson lady, Secret Service is yes. coming out now saying that she wasn't in the vehicle. Trump never lunged. He never laid hands on them. They're willing to testify under oath. Why aren't we hearing about this on these Main Street medias? You know?
1: It's a show trial. And it's sad to see this in America. You know, this is not Nazi Germany. This is not the Soviet Union. But this is the January 6 trespass issue is it's obviously a show trial. It's one sided. It's using evidence that's highly edited. We don't have any opposition, and if you want to have anything that's a fair and a balanced examination of issues, you need to have the other side. You have to have the ability to cross-examine, and that's not what's happening. So it's it's unfortunate to see this in a republic.
0: And you can't touch Pelosi, who denied 20,000 troops that uh, Trump offered her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can't even question her on that. <laughs> or the, or the uh, sergeant in arms so I agree. It's a show yes, trial. I think the American people, if you look at the views that it's getting, I think they know that mm-hmm. they're not worried about it, man. The the January 6th has nothing to do with surviving right now, paying these ga- outrageous gas prices, uh, the, the baby formula shortage. The food shortage is coming. Mm-hmm. Another major food processing plant in Tennessee was just shut down for no reason. Mm -hmm. So the food shortage is coming. A lot of people, you know, I have a lot of people, there's trolls out there and they'll mention to me, uh, well, you know, you go to Walmart right now, there's plenty of food. Yeah. That's back stock. If you guys would think back a few months to Christmas when all these freights and, uh, ships were on the ocean and couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. They're finally arriving. That's back stock. But what about when that runs out? And I think we're headed in a Mm -hmm. really, really hard times. Yep. But Mick, it has been great having you on, and I hope that uh, well, the, you, you do join us again. I'm sorry, what was that?
1: I was just going to say yes, and these are the things that to be aware of, and this is what people need to keep in mind. It's the kitchen table issues. How much are you paying for gas? How much are you paying for food? Are you going to have enough food? There's all kinds of people that I'm running into to ask answer your questions about California. They're making decisions. How much gas do I Spend my money on how much food? And this is America. You should have enough gas, enough food, and have all the things that you need to support your family. And people are making decisions that are very unfortunate. I have to decide whether I need gas to get me to work or I need food on the table for my children. This is America. We need to turn it around. And I hope people again vote their conscience and vote those kitchen table issues because that's what people are concerned about.
0: Absolutely. So, San Diego. Uh, real quick what's the what's the price of gas a gallon
1: oh you don't even want to know people are saying that the average price is something like four thirty five or something like that oh you guys I are so one. fortunate yeah we're up in the six six dollars we're up at seven dollars i mean it's just it's crazy it's out of control and i yeah, actually I, I, I walk a lot anyway but i walk for exercise but yes it's a consideration i don't want to pay the gas it's it's just it's out of control
0: yeah i i've heard some crazy uh prices in your in california as a state uh seven eight dollars a gallon It just I, I mean i'm paying five something here and uh uh it's aggravating <laughs> so
1: well I, i'm going to kentucky to fill up i'm, t- I'm telling you that's how good five dollars sounds to me
0: <laughs> yeah i wow that's that's sad i was actually in northeastern ohio Couple weeks ago, and uh, they're uh, it's just it's high everywhere, it it doesn't matter. I traveled through several states to get there in uh, West Virginia. I mean, there's just uh, you know, you can go to Saudi Arabia and uh, Venezuela and talk to these dictators, these people that hate America to try to get their oil, they're still going to sell it to you at top dollar, uh, or you can just go a few hundred miles and uh. We can be energy independent again. I mean, it seems like a person in kindergarten could figure this out. It's very, very easy.
1: Fixed. We We have the Marcellus Shale and the Bakken Reserve, and we have so much energy in this country that it's unbelievable. And in California, speaking about it, in the Central Valley, there are all kinds of things that are happening there that people are not aware of, but they will tell you, the locals will tell you, you know, we have so much natural gas here. We have so much. We're not pumping it, but we have it. And the government holds this back. So yes, going back to 45, we were energy independent for that four years. And what happened? All of a sudden, now we have no energy. We're sitting on it. We're literally sitting on it. And instead of going to the Middle East and getting down on our hands and knees and begging people who hate us for more. We should just be opening up what we have. This is a rich country. God has blessed us. We should be the preeminent power in the world like we always have been. And we should be using all of the resources that God has given us because we have huge amounts of resources here and stop the nonsense where we're going to have to be dependent on the supply chain from China because China benefits from our misfortune and When we move to green energy, that's what the plan of the current administration is. It's to tie up our supply line being tied to China and also to benefit the Chinese economy. And that's completely wrong.
0: Yeah, my philosophy has always been when they talk about green energy is what's the difference in drilling? Because you're talking about the earth. What's the difference in drilling in Venezuela than in Texas? Well, the difference is we do it a lot cleaner, so it's actually better for the environment. Sure.
1: Yes, and when you look at the Chinese practices, for example, if we want to go to the so-called green energy and use electric power, does anybody investigate and look what it takes the Chinese to pollute the world more and also to extract all of that energy? It means that they are harming the planet more, if that's the case that you're trying to make, because they don't have the standards that we do in the United States. So if you are having drilling in Texas or in Pennsylvania or somewhere in the States that we benefit from, our standards are higher and it's cleaner. And yet we're also then not dependent on foreign powers and we are not polluting the planet. So if you want green, well, in some ways, we are much greener and we are much cleaner already. That's the difference. And we also benefit our economy and the Americans. And it goes back to saying, yes, America first. That should be our policy. Always. We do what is in our interest. No better friend and no worse enemy.
0: Absolutely. I agree 100%. So, um, Mick, where can uh, the audience find you on social medias? Uh, If you want to plug your book once more and uh, the name of it and so forth, that'd be great.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Burning America in the best interest of the children with a question mark. And you can find that at burning-america.com. So I have a website that is up and currently for presale and going to be on Amazon on our nation's birthdays. Seem very appropriate on July 4th. You can also contact me directly at Mick. That says Mick as in Jagger, except he makes more money. Mick.Smith at WSIWorld.com. And I am on social media, so feel free to get a hold of me. And you can see me on LinkedIn, Twitter, all the usual places, and also then on my podcast as well, the Doctor of Digital Podcast. So thanks a lot, Joe. This is fantastic to be on the show, and especially being in Kentucky, or at least verbally, because it is a great state. I love it.
0: Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, and I hope to have you back on, Mick, uh, once the book gets released on Amazon and everywhere, and uh, maybe you can talk a little bit more about that, but it's been a pleasure having you on, sir, and uh, also for everyone listening, uh, you can always contact me at OL Kentucky spelled out, 99, at yahoo.com, and I appreciate all the emails that we do receive. This audience is amazing. Most most of the time I've found over the years, the hardest thing to do is to get an audience to send emails. And you guys are doing it on a daily basis. And I really appreciate that. Don't forget, uh, we do have another podcast, Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, all about sports and pro wrestling. So be sure to join in. New episodes drop on it every Monday and Friday. All right. So thank you all for listening to the red pill current news podcast i hope you guys have a great weekend get out there have fun with your family enjoy the fourth of july holiday don't let uh don't let this get you down because brighter days are coming thank you guys